Amen. It is good to be here this morning. Good to see each one of you. Trust you've had a good week this week, and uh, it is good to be back in the Lord's house this morning. And let me give you a couple of announcements just real quick. Uh, I, I was sitting there thinking while these were singing, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get with Miss Allie again. She asked me a while back when I want her to start back, and I told her I believe it'd be all right to wait a while. Uh, but I think I'm gonna have to get her to start printing us out and uh, uh, some announcements and things again. Uh, we're about to get too much. I sit back here during Sunday school, and I thought I need to write down so I won't miss anything. What's coming up? And uh, John, I went and got this little index card, and I filled it up, and I thought, well, they. A few more things need to be wrote down, but I guess this is all you're going to get this morning. Uh, but Ansley did ask me if I would to make mention, don't forget the blood drive. Uh, be August the 19th. That'll be this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, it'll be at the Red Cross, across from the DMV there in Mount Airy. And as far as I know, Tamika, you tell me if I'm wrong, but you can go anytime. Is that right? You don't have to have a, a point. Okay, if you want to give blood that day, go anytime on August the 19th. Don't forget August the 26th, uh, Brother James Collins will be preaching for us. I'll be out of town that week, and uh, that'll be a Wednesday night. Brother James Collins out of Blues Grove will be preaching on August the 26th. Houston Parks will be preaching for us on August the 30th. That'll be Youth Sunday, and uh, I know they several going to be taking part, uh, teaching classes, doing different things. I think Hayden's going to teach teenage boys. Ainsley's going to teach teenage girls, and uh, looking forward to the youth taking part that day. Uh, then my wife wanted me to announce to all you ladies, if you will, Will. Uh, on September the 26th, that'll be here before we know it. Uh, most of you know we was down this weekend preaching at Canaan and Salisbury, and uh, Miss Pam Graham, the pastor's wife down there, asked Miss Kendra uh, if she would come and speak in a ladies' conference on a good time. I believe uh, Miss Kyla Rowland will be uh, speaking as well, isn't that right? And uh, then the one I'm the most excited about, just be honest, we I've aggravated my wife. She's never ever done one of these before, and uh, Miss Pam come by and was talking to Kendra about it, and she said, it'd be Kyla Rowland, that didn't impress me too much, and Kendra ain't like it did her, it didn't me, John, I didn't know much about that, then she said, then do y'all know Dr. Mike Bagwell, and my ears picked up a little bit then, and uh, she said, his wife will be speaking, and I told Kendra, I said, boy, I'll tell you what, I'd hate the first one I ever did to be with Mike Bagwell, I mean, this woman's wrote books, this woman's, I mean, this woman's smart, and Kendra said, yo, why don't you just shut your mouth, isn't that right, but uh, you I know she's excited, and I hope you are. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. All you ladies that can, you make plans to go down that Saturday, be September the 26th, and uh, we've got it worked out. We will be taking the bus for all of you who want to go. You won't have to worry about driving yourself. Uh, if you'll meet, I, I talked to some of the men down there, and uh, I think we're going to try to make some plans. So I'll drive the bus down. If you want me to, you're welcome to ride the bus. And then while y'all are in church, we'll go We'll go mess around, do something while we're waiting on y'all. And uh, the so you won't have to worry about gas, anything like that. So if you're interested, you'll let Miss Kendra know as soon as you can. She needs to let Miss Pam have a number so she can plan on how much food to have and all that. All right? So don't forget that. Then don't forget, we'll be having our revival of the home on October the 1st through the 3rd. Brother Curtis Ponder and Brother David Edwards will be coming preaching for us. I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you are as well. Then October the 4th and the 5th, I'll be preaching in revival up at Friendly Grove Baptist Church, Brother Brett. Uh, I'll be preaching that that Sunday and Monday, I believe it is. Brother Wayne will be preaching on that Sunday night on October the 4th, so don't forget that. And then October the 8th, I believe it is, be having a, as, right, as of right now, be having a combined choir uh, with us in Pleasant View and Maple Springs up at Friendly Grove on October the 8th, all right? Uh, that's not everything coming up. Seems like me and my wife was talking, seems like we've got an awful lot just boom, 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 boom coming up, uh, but that's all right. I've enjoyed it, and uh, I was a picking on my sister called me this morning or texted me. I'd come up here to the church, and she asked me, she said, are you getting too old for all these meetings you've been going to? And uh, I said, no, I, it, it bothers me a little bit more than it used to, getting in at midnight and getting up and preaching again the next morning, but but uh, I said, I still enjoy it. 
and uh, I, I'm thankful the Lord's allowed us to have the weekend we did. Thank you. Uh, those of you that could that come down Friday night, that was a blessing to me. I know you didn't have to drive an hour and a half down there, and I appreciate you doing that. And I know several of you, I, I, Brother Jared told me several of you watched on Facebook, and I appreciate you doing that. That was a blessing, and uh, thank you so much. If you, Even if you didn't watch, thank you for praying. And uh, met several young men down there. Encouraged my heart to see another generation coming up. It sure did. And uh, I appreciate you praying. Remember those men. And uh, I remember one young man, especially, Brother Kenny mentioned him during Sunday school, uh, but he just stuck out to me, 13 years old, been preaching about two months, he told me. And uh, I'll tell you this quickly, and we're going, we'll take some prayer requests and pray. But I asked him, I said, after the service, we was down in the fellowship hall, and I went over and I put my arm around him. I said, son, you be interested. I told him I, I, I told him I enjoyed that message. I said, son, you be interested in coming uh, up the road about an hour and a half and preaching for me one night or one one day. And uh, he turned around and looked at me, and his eyes got real big, and he said, a half, and I said, yeah, and he said, well, I don't know. I'd have to ask my mom and daddy, I can't drive. And I said, and I said well, I understand that. And uh, Brett told him, said, I'll tell you what, said, when you come preach for Poncho, if he'll get you one morning, you just plan on coming preaching for me that night. And uh, John's eyes got big big around as a, as a dinner plate, and he said, I said, son, are you all right? I mean, he just stood there and looked at us, and he said, well, I, 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 I hadn't never preached outside of my home church, and I've never preached twice in one day. I just don't know if I'm doing both at the same time or not. And uh, I, me and Brett was talking about what a blessing that is. I remember the first time I preached out of my home church, how nerve-wracking that was. And I remember the first time I preached twice in a day. And uh, But I, I appreciate young men like that. And I'm glad God's still calling young men, aren't you? And I sure am glad about that. But I do have several requests on my heart this morning. I ask you to help me remember. Remember several things. Remember my grandpa; he's still he's doing well at home so far, and uh, as best as we could expect. So I appreciate you praying for him. Can you remember him? Uh, remember Shirley? I know she's still out of town, as far as I know. And uh, several in the church. Well, there's a lot going on right now. Can you remember each one of those? And uh, remember those who don't feel comfortable coming. We understand that. I remember them as they're at home, and remember that. Uh, remember, remember, remember each one of them. Remember all those that uh, several seems like you visited the last few weeks. Remember those that have been visiting and uh, just excited about what the Lord's doing this morning. But maybe today somebody got a special request on your heart before we pray. Somebody else this morning. Somebody else this morning before we pray.
Maria, this morning. All hearts free. I have a Amen. All hearts free this morning. All right. If so, Wayne, if you would, take the Lord in a word of prayer. Somebody got some on your heart, something you need to do. You mind the Lord this morning. John chapter number 1, and let's begin reading verse number 45. When you find your places, stand with me if you can and able in honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. John chapter number 1, and begin reading in verse number 45. Now the Bible said, Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the son of Joseph. Now, I'd really like this morning to preach on we have found him, but the Lord wouldn't let me do that. Uh, so let's read on just a little bit farther. The Bible said, verse 46, uh, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Uh, and Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I really won't preach this morning on I, I come and see, but the Lord won't let me do that. So let's go on a little bit farther. The Bible said, uh, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, uh, in whom there's no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, When thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Verse 49, the Bible said, Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art uh, the King of Israel. Notice verse 50, Bible said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. Verse 51, the Bible said, He said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the heaven open, and the angels of God ascending, and descending upon the Son of Man. Notice verse 50, just real quick, one more time this morning. Bible said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Jesus said, You mean what caused you to believe? I, I was because I told you I saw you underneath the fig tree. Uh, and then notice that next phrase, that bare text. Uh, Jesus said, Thou shalt see greater things than these. I, I preached just a little while with the help of the Lord this morning on this thought. I, you ain't seen nothing yet. What about that? I, I, that's what he said. He said, you, you think that blows your mind. I, you hadn't seen anything yet. Isn't that right? I, he said, you shall see uh, greater things than these. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should love you this morning. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Lord, I pray that 
that. Lord, you'd help us this morning never to take it for granted, to be able to enter into your courts and be able to feel your presence. Lord, feel your touch. Lord, I don't know the hearts this morning. Lord, I don't know the needs, but Lord, I'm glad that you do. Lord, I know this morning you put this on my heart for a reason. Lord, I'm glad you knew long before I did who'd be here this morning. Lord, who'd be listening my way of Facebook. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you do that that only you can. Lord, I realize that. Lord, I have no preaching me. Lord, I need a fresh touch. Lord, I pray just for a little while this morning. Oh, God, would you clothe me in the cloak of my calling. Lord, put a guard upon my lips. Help me to say nothing. Lord, that be contrary to your will or your word. Oh, God, I need your unction. I need your utterance this morning. Help us now just for a little while. Lord, if there be one discouraged, I pray to encourage your heart. Lord, if there be one walking the farthest away, Lord, I pray you draw them up close to you once again. Then, Lord, I pray most of all this morning, now, if it be one under the sound of my voice, lost unto them without you, Lord, I pray you'd send old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction, now, uh, Lord, to woo and to win their heart. Now, Lord, I pray you'd show them the realness this morning of dying and going to hell. Lord, I pray you'd do that that only you can now, uh, convict and convince their heart. Now, uh, save them for it's everlasting too late. Now, help us now, Lord, to put away the cares of the world. Now, Lord, to come together and worship you just for a little while. We'll be careful this morning to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. You be seated. And thank you for standing this morning. I won't preach on that thought. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's what Jesus told Nathaniel here. He said, yeah, you should see greater things than these. Now, let's understand just real quick this morning. Now, as fast as we can go, what's going on in John chapter number one. Now, I've not preached the whole chapter, but look with me quickly, if you would, in verse 35. Now, from verse 35 to verse 39, you find the account of two men. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? Can we read it real quick? If you let me read it, I'll preach real, real fast, all right? Verse 35, the Bible said, and again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto him, what seek ye? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Verse 39, and he saith unto them, come and see, and they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day for it was about the tenth hour. Now, we've looked at this before. We started going through all these salvation experiences, but let me remind you quickly to catch us up. Now, we find in verse 35 through 39, we find the salvation experience of John and of Andrew. And they got saved through preaching. Isn't that right? I heard John the Baptist say, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Uh, uh, They heard that, John, and uh, the Bible said in verse number 37, uh, and two of the disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Uh, uh, They heard the man of God preach the word of God, uh, and they gave their hearts to God. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, That's just how it was. The Bible said once they heard the man of God preach, uh, he said, behold the Lamb of God. The Bible said, and they followed Jesus. Uh, uh, They heard the word of God preached by the man of God, uh, and they gave their hearts to God. Now, there's some of you this morning, uh, uh, that'd be your testimony, using a service somewhere uh, and you heard the man of God preach the word of God uh, and you gave your heart to God. Isn't that right? That'd be your testimony. You got saved uh, uh, through preaching. Then the Bible said in verse 40, notice this, one of the two which heard John speak uh, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Verse 42, he brought him to Jesus uh, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Peter, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now, John and Andrew got saved through preaching. Uh, and after Andrew got saved, he said, I've got a brother. Uh, uh, he ought to get saved too. Isn't that right? He had a burden uh, uh, for his family. So uh, 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 Peter didn't get saved through preaching, uh, uh, but Peter got saved through personal soul winning. There was uh, his brother coming and knocked on his 
his door and said, Peter, you got to understand, I just met a man a minute ago that changed my life. Things ain't what they used to be. We found him, the one that we've always heard of. We found the one we've been looking for. I know where he is. And the Bible said he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that right? Now, that'd be some of your testimonies this morning that somebody cared enough about you to knock on your door, tell you at work, whatever the case was, and they told you about the Lord, uh, and they brought you or led you to him. That'd be your testimony. Some of you got saved, not through preaching, but through personal soul winning. Then we find in the account of another man, at verse 43. The Bible said the day following, now watch this, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find Philip, saith unto him, follow me. Verse 44, the Bible said, Now Philip was, uh, was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew, and Peter. Now what about that? You say, preacher, what happened there? Well, those two men got saved by preaching. There's one man got saved, Leona, by personal soul winning. Then the Bible said that Jesus, just walking along one day, found Philip. Isn't that right? Ain't that right? Peter didn't go talk to him. John didn't go talk to him. He didn't hear John the Baptist preach. He didn't hear no preaching. He didn't have nobody come knock on his door. But the Bible said that Jesus found Philip and said what? Follow me. Oh my, Philip just got saved privately. Ain't that right? He didn't hear no preaching. Didn't hear no, I want nobody come so winning. But it just come by, the Lord just come by where Philip was and said, how about following me? Right. And Philip said, you know what? I believe I will. Is that right? It's what the Bible, don't look at me like I'm crazy. That's what the Bible said. The Bible said the Lord come by and told Philip to follow me. He said, preacher, what are you saying? Wonder how many down through the years. Now, I know the Lord ordered the chose the fools of preaching. I'm not, I'm not down in preaching. I thank God for preaching. I, I'm all for soul winning. But can I show you something? There's some people the Lord just comes by and just says, follow me. They just all by the says. I, I heard a story one time. A woman we used to go to church with. Well, I went to church with her husband too, but you understand when I tell you the story. She for years, for years, she'd come to church faithfully and she'd sit, she'd sit, she'd sit over there. I mean, she was faithful to the house of God, a good woman. I mean a godly woman, John. And she'd sit there and they, they I didn't ever see this, but they said back in the day that her husband get just, I mean, just drunk. I mean just drunk as he could be. And he'd come in and stand on the edge of the wall and he'd sit back there and cuss and uh, I'd throw him a fit while the preacher was preaching and walk out the door. And she'd just sit there the whole time like it didn't bother her a bit, just looking right ahead, listening to the preacher, act like it didn't phase her not one bit. I mean, as far as I know, he never heard one message that he was sober. As far as I know, John, they may have, I don't know, but as far as I know, nobody ever knocked on his door and talked to him as far as they may have, I don't know. But I do know what the story went because I've heard him. I never saw all that, but what I saw was a man that about once a month get plumb tore out of frame. And it stand up and he said, I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, I was living like hell, drunk, and doing all these things. I running around on my wife, doing all this. And he said, I was out in that backfield on the back of my land. I was on the tractor riding along, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, somebody crawled on there with me. Oh, my soul, I'm about to come unglued. And he said, it began to speak to my heart. And he said, before I knew it, I couldn't shake him off. I couldn't run him off. I couldn't just leave. And he said, before I knew it, I got off, cut the tractor off, got down beside the back tire of a tractor. I had said, Lord, I'll follow you if you'll let me. I, you say, preacher, what are you saying? He just got saved in private. Nobody see him. I, I didn't nobody talk to him. I, the Lord just come by and said, follow me. What about that? I, I, there might have been some little girl sitting in a Sunday school class somewhere. And the Lord just come by and said, how about following me? I, and she said, you know what? I believe I will. Never told nobody. Never said anything about it. I, but she's just as much saved as you are if you got saved under preaching. I, I, she's just as much saved as you are if you got saved under personal soul winning. I, I, she's still saved. Isn't that right? I, so they some got saved through preaching. They some got saved through personal soul winning. And then, uh, and then the some just got saved privately. But then that brings us to our text this morning. And we find a man by the name of Nathaniel. Now, he didn't get saved through preaching. And he didn't get saved through personal soul winning. And he didn't get saved privately. 
Nathaniel, when I found this a while back, it, it absolutely blew my mind. And John, I've been excited all week about preaching this this morning because this is the one I really wanted to get to when we was preaching through all that. And you may have forgot it, but I preached, I preached through preaching, I preached through personal soul winning, and I even preached through privately, but I never could get this last one. It's the one I really wanted to get to. And the Lord told me this week, you can look at me if I'm crazy if you want to, but the Lord said the Sunday's the day to preach it. I believe there's a reason this morning. I believe there's a reason that he wanted the people here this morning to hear this, all right? Yeah. Now listen to me. You know who Nathaniel was? He was the hardest headed of all of them. He was. Preaching, now listen to me. Preaching by itself, John, was not enough for him to commit to the Lord. Personal soul winning by itself was not enough for him to commit to the Lord. I'm going to show you in just a minute. Stay with me. Privately with the Lord was not even enough to get him to commit to the Lord. You know what it took for him? It took much persuasion. You read the accounts of these other men, it seems simple. Peter and John, they heard him, or, or Andrew and John heard him, heard John the Baptist preaching. They just followed the Lord. Peter just, or Andrew just come up to Peter and said, listen, I found him. And the Bible said Peter started following the Lord. Isn't that right? The Lord come by Philip and said, follow me. And the Bible said he followed the Lord. But then, I mean, it's simple. But then when it came to Nathaniel, for whatever reason, John, it took much persuasion. I mean, it took thing after thing after thing after thing after thing to convince him to put his faith in the Lord. Can I show you some of them real quick? Now watch this. Look with me if you would. Verse number 45. The Bible said there, Philip findeth Nathanael, saith in him we have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now that's, that's soul winning. Bible said Philip finds Nathaniel and said, we found him. That's the same thing that Andrew did to Peter and Peter just fought him. But it wasn't enough for Nathaniel. Isn't that right? Yeah. Watch this. Notice what he said. Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, we have found him of whom, watch this, Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. You know what Philip said? He said, Nathaniel, we found him. We have found the one. You say, preacher, how did he tell him who he's talking about? He said, we found the one that Moses in the law and the prophets did right. He showed him the scriptures. Isn't that right? He said, listen, we found him. We found the rose of Sharon. We found the lily of the valley. We have found, isn't that right? We found the rock that followed them. All those pictures, all those times. All those things, uh, Brother Kenny mentioned this morning that those uh, uh, those Levitical laws they were uh, uh, shadows, they were foreshadowings of uh, uh, the plan of salvation. They were the the uh, the, the pictures, if you would, of, of God's redemption plan. And uh, uh, Philip said, "Listen, Nathaniel, uh, we found him that Moses wrote about." He said, "Nathaniel, listen, we found him. We found the one where the." Found the one Isaiah wrote of. We found the will inside the will in the book of Ezekiel. We found, we found, or we found the rock that Daniel told of. We found all, we found him. We found him, and here's the scripture. This is who he is. What I'm doing my best to do this morning, doing my best to take the scriptures and let you know we found him. I'm not looking for him, I'm not trying to figure out who he is. I'm not trying to, Brother Kenyon talked this morning in Sunday school uh, over in John chapter 14 where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to me. I'm not trying to find out who it is. I'm not trying to find out what way to go. I'm not trying to find out what the truth is this morning. I found him and I'm doing my best. Uh, how to tell you where he is, tell you who he is. Uh, I'm doing my best to let you know we found him uh, and the scriptures show that we found him this morning. Isn't that right? He showed him the scriptures. You know what Nathaniel said? Just not sure. Is that right? Now stay with me this morning. Don't lose me. Nathaniel said, I'm, I'm just not sure if I believe that or not. Watch what he said. Look at me, verse 46. 
You say, Preacher, I don't know if he said that or not. Watch what he said. Verse 46, Nathaniel said, And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, Hang on just a minute. Now, I've been to Nazareth. I know all about that. And I'm just not sure any good thing can come out of Nazareth. You say, Preacher, what are you saying? Even when he saw it clearly in Scripture, John, he said, I just don't know if that's for me or not. I don't know why y'all bogging down on me this morning, but what happened? He said, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Oh, yes, what Philip said, what Philip say? Why don't you just come and say? Is that right? Oh, my. Hang on, just I can't, I'm getting ahead of myself and I can't do it yet. But anyway, he showed him the scriptures. And they said, I just don't know about that. You know what some of you are doing this morning? You've heard message after message. It's nothing new to you this morning. You've heard it all your life. You've heard enough. You've heard enough gospel to save the whole world. But you just, you just can't quite get there. You just can't quite cause yourself to put your faith in it just quite. You're just not sure. Can it really be for me? Can it really? I mean, let's be honest this morning. It takes faith. And it is simple this morning, John, just to put your faith in the Lord. That's a simple thing, but it's one of those things sometimes it's harder to do than you, and it's easier to say than it is to do. Isn't that right? I mean, listen, you, you know your life better than anybody, and you know the mess you've got in. Nobody's got to convince you this morning you're a sinner. Nobody's got to convince you you've made a mess of your life. Nobody's got to convince you you're a bad person. Uh, you know that. You put on any kind of air you want to. Uh, you put on all the shows you want to. Uh, we all know deep down who we really are. Uh, we know what kind of thoughts we have. We know what kind of desires we have. Uh, we know what kind of lust we have. Uh, we know who we really are this morning. Nobody has to convince you that you're a bad person. The question is this morning, could it really be that simple that he's the one that could solve all your problems? Could it really be that simple this morning that he's the one that could cover all that sin? Could it really be that simple that he's the answer to all your troubles? Oh, friend, can I tell you, we found the one. Oh, yes, friend. Uh, somebody ought to help me right there. You say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Can I tell you something? You don't know how bad I've been, what I've done, and where I, what I have. Go ahead and nod your head. Oh, but I've got good news this morning. I've done found him. Uh, he's mine and I'm his. Uh, uh, take it from me this morning. He is able. Uh, he is the one. I'm not looking for one. I found one. Uh, I'm not hunting for one. I found him, John. Uh, he is the way. He is is the truth. I, he's mine and I'm his this morning. I, and he is the answer this morning. But the things that I, I just don't know, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Watch what Philip said. He said, the Bible said, Philip answered him, said unto him, come and see. What about that? Can I show you this? Now listen. They showed him the scriptures but then I want you to see Philip showed him his sureness. Philip said, now listen to me. I'm going to do my best to do to you what Philip did for Nathaniel. Friend, I, look at me. I don't mean this cocky. I don't mean this arrogant. I don't mean this not one bit disrespectful. But if you told me this morning that I'd die before I finish this message, Kirk, my hand wouldn't shake no more than it is right now. Are you listening to me? Now, Corey, I'd miss my family. I'd miss you. I'm not saying this morning I want to die. But, John, I'm as sure as I know there's breath going into my body that I found him this morning. I'm not worried about it. There's no part of me when I lay my head down at night thinking I'm wrong. I found him this morning. The thing is, is there really, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, why don't you just come and say? He said, I'm as sure as I can be. He didn't put no doubt in his mind. He said, you just have to come see for yourself. I can't even describe what it's been like since I started following him. You're just going to have to come see. You ever seen something? You ever been to a restaurant or something that was so good? Somebody asks you, say, you tell them you've been there, and they say, well, was it, was it any count? Have you ever, has it ever been, been somewhere so good that, Elaine, you couldn't even put it in words. You just said, you just have to go try it. Yeah. Isn't that right? Oh, I believe the Bible said taste and say. Is that right? Oh, my. 
Oh, friend, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm sure this morning, there's no doubt in my mind, it's not that I'm questioning, it's not that I'm wondering. I'm sure that I found him. I'm sure he's the way. I'm sure he's the truth. I'm sure he's the life. I'm sure he's the good shepherd. I'm sure this morning, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. But you're going to have to come and see. Philip said, why don't you just come and see? What he's really saying, why don't you try it? Is that right? Let me ask you a question. Let's just get down right where the rubber meets the road this morning. There's nobody got to tell you you're, you're a sinner. There's nobody, whether you know Scripture or not, the Bible says for all sin comes from the glory of God, but you didn't have to read that in the Bible. You know you have. Deep down in your heart, you know that you're not, your life by yourself is not pleasing to God. You can look around and see you made a mess of things. You can look around this morning and say everything's falling apart. Nobody's got to tell you that. You know it this morning. What about this? You say, preacher, I just don't know if it'd work or not. You've tried everything else. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Ain't that right? Yeah. You've tried everything else. I remember I got saved when I was seven years old. When I got on up, when I got on up in years, John, I, I was still saved. I didn't lose it. I'm not saying that, but I, I, I was still saved. But I got out of the will of God. There's nothing more miserable in life than a Christian living out of the will of God. And I, I remember, Corey, I tried everything in the world to make myself feel better because I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact, John, he could still love me. I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that he could still, that he could forget, knowing everything I'd done, Kirk, right. that he could still love me. And he could still, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of things I thank God that he protected me from doing some things, but I wouldn't have been above it. I'm just being as honest as I know how to be. I, I, I've never had a needle in my arm. I've never, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never drunk alcohol. I, I've never done any of those things, but uh, John, I would have. It wasn't the fear of God kept me from doing it. I was worried mom and dad would find out if I, I'm being honest this more. I'm just been also had to be. I'd been God had been right in there with them. Uh, if it hadn't been for the fact I knew I'd have to go home, uh, and I didn't know how I'd covered up from mom and daddy. Well, I felt a little something on that right there. You know why I didn't know how I'd covered up from mom and daddy? Because mom and daddy wasn't one of them. Said, "Well, he's 16 years old. He's going to just do his own thing anyway." Ain't that right? When I come home, John, they wasn't no slipping in the bedroom to sleep it off. They's going to be sitting there waiting on me when I got there. Ain't that right? Go ahead and nod your head. Can I tell you something? Well, I don't know how we got here, but let me just say this real quick. I've heard more parents tell me or make this statement in the last few years than I ever have. Well, they're 16 and I just can't do nothing about it. Hogwash. That's a lie straight out of hell this morning. There's... They're still living in your home. Uh, they're still eating off your table. Uh, they're still sleeping in your bed. Uh, that's exactly right, friend. Uh, and it'd save them and you both a whole lot of heartache uh, if you'd be their parent this morning. Yeah. Ain't that right? Yeah. I knew I couldn't sneak in because they'd be sitting there. Ain't that right? My daddy told me to be home at 11 o'clock. What he meant was 1045. I've been as I've been as serious as I can. I'm not joking. I, I come in one day at I'm talking about 18 years old at preaching Kirk, and I come in one night at 10:57. He saw it. I saw it. The clock was right above the fireplace, uh, and it plainly said 10:57. Uh, and he beat the fool out of me uh, because I should have left earlier. Isn't that right? Ain't that right? Because I was pushing it too close. Uh, now you say, preacher, what are you saying? You know, I didn't. Know, I knew I couldn't get by with nothing. If I couldn't get by coming in three minutes for curfew, uh, I sure couldn't come in drunk. Right. That right? I sure to God couldn't lay up over to some girl's house all night. Uh, Ain't that right? Yeah. I sure to God wasn't going to put a needle in my arm or a pill in my body. I, I sh- go ahead and nod your head. I, yeah. That's exactly right. But I would have I, had I been left to my own devices because yeah. yeah. I was trying everything else to make myself feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Let me tell you how the world works. I remember when I, I remember how it all started. I was, I was in eighth grade. Everybody make fun of me because I didn't talk like everybody else did, go where everybody else did, say the things everybody else did. John, I remember like it was yesterday, saying one little dirty word, just get them off my back. Can I be honest with you this morning? 
It felt good. Y'all getting off quiet, but it did. It did. It felt good. Everybody, everybody laughed. Everybody thought it was funny. Brought everybody patted me on the back and said, by the time you joined the club. I mean, it felt good for everybody to look at me like that. It felt good not to be the oddball anymore. It felt good. I don't know why you're looking at me. I, I'm going to get to the bad part in just a minute. Don't hurt But it felt good. And I enjoyed it. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Leon, I enjoyed it. Every little word I said, I enjoyed it. Be honest with you. When I, when, I, when I got a little bit older and some more things come in, they'll come into my life, I enjoyed every single minute of it until I didn't, Kirk. Did you catch that? I enjoyed every single minute of it until I didn't enjoy it anymore. Is that right? I remember, let me give you an example. Remember my boys was little. They, they, they were born. They owned it for, for months. The only thing they consumed was formula for months, for months. And I remember Kendra's work one day with Andrew, and he, 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 was, he was getting on up, and she, she still, we, we, we started giving him a few things, and I think maybe it had some juice and some different things, maybe some tea. But I was there one day, and, and he, he, he came over, and I, I was drinking a Dr. Pepper, and I, I, got him, I got him and let him take just a little swallow of that Dr. Pepper. Man, his eyes got real big. And for, for, for weeks, every time I'd sit down in my chair, he'd come over and go, <laughs> he wanted more of it. But you know the truth? Now, you don't do that much for him. Is that right? He enjoyed it until Kirky didn't. The new wore off of it. Is that right? Oh, yes, friend. You know what they tell me? I, a buddy of mine, I, I told you I've never done drugs, but I, I've got some buddies of mine got messed up in some things when we was in school. And I was talking to one not too long ago, and he said, I remember I started out smoking a joint just to fit in. And he said, I liked it. It was fun. And he said, then I started smoking more. Then it wasn't long, Kirk, just that one wasn't giving him that buzz like he was getting. So he did a little bit more. Then he told me, Corey, he said, it got to where that marijuana just wouldn't do for me what it used to do. So somebody introduced me to the next step. Go ahead and you look at me like I ought not be preaching if you want to. Bless God, somebody needs to. Then it took it to the next step. Then that didn't work anymore, so it went to the next step. Then that didn't work anymore, so it went to the next step. Then he started taking pills and mixing it with his with, with alcohol. And then, it, and then it just, he told me, he said, he said, he told me, he said, man, I got to the point. I didn't want to just get high. I just wanted to completely shut down. I just wanted to pass out and be gone for days. That's what gave me my high. And he it scared the daylights out of me, brother Corey. He told me the high, the best high he ever got. He said was that moment knowing I was about to go out. And wondering would I wake up. What about that? And he said, I just had to have something that give me some kind of feeling. Something that helped me just a little bit. And he said, all along, he said, I had a mama that come over and say, why don't you just get saved? Why don't you just give your heart to the Lord? Why don't you just experience real joy? And he told me, he said, preacher, I'll be honest with you. I just didn't believe it could be that simple. He said, I just didn't believe that I could just give my heart to the Lord and he could take care of all of it. I didn't believe it. Oh, my soul. It's what Nathaniel said. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You may be sitting here this morning, you say, preacher, can he really do anything in my life? Preacher, can he really do anything for me? Why don't you come and see this morning? You've tried everything else. You've tried everything else under the sun. Why in the world wouldn't you give him a chance? Philip said, come and see. There was a, there was a scripture, there was a sureness. Watch this, I'm hurrying. Notice with me the statement. The Bible said in verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, saith unto him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no guile. Now what about this? Now watch this. Watch what happened. Philip went to Nathaniel, isn't that right? Said, we found him, that Moses and the prophets did right. So Philip started this conversation with him. Then Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. So Philip's been dealing with him. Now all of a sudden, John, somebody else is talking to him. Is that right? Oh, things about to pick up this morning. 
Oh, yes, I remember the day that it quit being mom and my mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa had told me I, I, when the time come, I need to get saved. I, I mean, Kirk, all my life, I knew if you didn't get saved, you died and went to hell that the Lord, I knew all that, Sharon. I was taught that before I knew, I mean, I was taught that before I could speak. I, I, mama's got videos of me I, when I was still in diapers. I mean, I'm talking about tiny and littler than Aaron I, telling, telling mama Bible verses and I, telling her, well, you got to get saved or you go to hell. I knew that. That they come a day it wasn't mama talking to me, and it wasn't daddy talking to me, and it wasn't grandma talking to me no more, it wasn't grandpa, it wasn't even the preacher that's talking to me no more. But the Bible said Jesus came to Nathaniel and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no guile. About the time that Philip said, Why don't you come and see? The Bible said, Jesus came over and said, I know you. That right? That's what he said. Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there's no gal. The Lord come by and said, I know who you are. Oh, yes, aren't you glad for the day that the Lord come by where you was and said, I know who you are. You might not have known too much about him yet, but he knew who you was. Oh, what about that statement? Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there's no gal. Oh, I believe the Lord might be coming by somebody this morning saying, I know who you are. Oh, yes, you may not know me, but I know you. Oh, that ought to help somebody right here in just a minute. I believe the Lord might be coming by and working on some hearts and saying, I know exactly who you are this morning. Can I show you something? Even knowing who you are, yet he loves you. That's right. Knowing as vile and as wretched as you really are, he knows you better than you know yourself this morning. Yet he loves you. Oh, watch that statement. Watch this. Not only was there a statement, the Bible said, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, in his light, in whom there is no guile. Now notice the surprise, verse 48. Watch what your Bible said. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Watch what he said. Jesus said, Behold, in his light, in whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel said, now I, I, I'm putting it in Surrey County English. Nathaniel said, how in the world do you know who I am? Is that right? Have we met before? Is that right? Oh, stay with me now. Now listen to me. You may be here this morning. The Lord's just speaking to your heart. And that's what you're thinking. How does he know who I am? Is that right? You've done your best. Just stay away from him. You've done your best just to push him away. You've done your best to stay away from him and the things of God. You've done your best just to live your own life. But now he's come by and said, despite your best efforts, I know who you are. Is that right? Oh, Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And watch what he said. Mm, let me read it. Watch this. Nathaniel said, Nathaniel said, went snow and me. Now watch this. The Bible said, Jesus answered said to him before Philip called thee. Now, son of the fig tree, I saw thee. What about that? He said, Nathaniel, this thing's been going on since before you realized. You might have just heard about me a few minutes ago, but I've known you since before then. Ain't that right? Oh, stay with me now. I'm going somewhere. We're getting to the good stuff. Nathaniel said, how do you know me? I've done my best to stay away from you. I've done my best just to keep my distance. I, I've never heard of you the other day. How do you know me? And Jesus said, before Philip ever come to you, when you was out there in that fig tree, remember that? I see Nathaniel begin to realize he was underneath the fig tree. The Lord said, I saw you then. Long before you knew anything was going on, long before you knew anything about me, I knew about you. What about that? Can you imagine his surprise? You say, preacher, you don't understand. I've done everything I can just stay away from the Lord. I've done everything I can just mind my own business. I've done everything I can just live my own life. That's all great, fine, and dandy. But he's known who you are since before you was born. Do you know that? The Bible said over in the book of Jeremiah, Thou hast known me since before I was formed in my mother's bed. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, friend. He knows you. He's known, it's, you may just be realizing he knows you, but he's known you all along. And he's brought you to a place this morning that you know him. What about that? The surprise. He said, how do you know him? And Jesus said, I knew you. I saw you before Philip ever saw you. And he's underneath that fig tree. Watch verse 49. The Bible said, notice with me. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. You say, preacher, what are you going to say about that? Well, 
it took this morning, it took the scriptures. The Bible, Paul said this, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You've heard the scriptures this morning. You realize this morning who he is. Nathaniel heard the scriptures. He heard the sureness of Philip. Oh, if I need to this morning, we'll go all the way around the room and I'll let everybody in here tell you how sure they are that we have found him this morning. Is that right? Then it took a statement. Jesus said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, whom there's no guile. Oh, I hope the Lord's come by this morning and spoke to your heart and said, I know you. Are you with me? Oh, yes, friend. He knows you this morning. And I hope he's just speaking to your heart, letting you know he knows you and he loves you. Then there was a surprise. The Bible said, Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And he said, long before Philip spoke to you, I saw you out there underneath that tree. Oh, friend, he's known you all along. He knows every hurt. He knows every shortcoming. He knows every failure you've had. He knows your dreams. He knows your hopes. He knows your life. He knows every need you've got. Uh, he's watched over you, kept breath in your body. Uh, every one of us this morning, I don't care what you've done. Everybody in here has done something stupid. Did you know that? Every last one of us. And he's protected us and he's provided for us and allowed us to be here this morning. That's uh, exactly right. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I got, got saved when I was seven years old. When I was six years old, Jessica asked me the other Friday night, she said, have you got a fever blister? And I said, yeah. And she said, didn't you just have one? And I said, yeah. I, they tell me I always have them worse than everybody else. Got one. I was six years old, about a year before I got saved. Mama had one, and she went to kiss me on the cheek at night when I went to bed, and I was, you know how boys are, I was rolling my head around, and she caught me, Wendy, right on the corner of my mouth. And for whatever reason, they still don't know what caused it, but Ronald, it just took. I got one there, then I had another one, then I had another one, then I had another one, then I had another one. They took me to the hospital, took me to the doctor, they sent me to the hospital, kept me at Elkin for about a week, couldn't do anything with me, just kept going and going and going. Finally, they sent me down to Brenner's. And now listen to me, now listen. For two weeks, John, I stayed in Brenner's. I had them three layers deep on my lips, all the way across, four layers down my throat. My lips every night would stick together from that skin, all that infection oozing out. and It'd stick together. Couldn't eat, couldn't drink, couldn't do anything. And they told my mama when everything was all said and done, they said, we don't know why in the world he didn't just die. And I know it sounds harsh, that's what they said. They said, we've never seen anything like that. We've never seen so. We've never seen anything that bad. He harder just died, but for whatever reason, he got better. They told me, they, they told Mama, they said, you tell him all his life, make sure he knows more than likely there may come a time that it just happens again. He could go through the same boat again. You say, preacher, does that scare you? Not no more. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, I, as a six-year-old boy, God began to deal with my heart about being saved, and I kept saying no and saying no and saying no. Brother Corey, if I'd have died down there, I'd have died and went to hell. Oh, but for the mercy of God and the grace of God, had he provided and protected me. I, oh, yes, ain't that right? I, hard to be in hell this morning, I, but by the grace and mercy of God. Aren't you glad? Think about the times in your life that God has kept his hand on you, I, how that you ought to have been dead, I, but he provided and protected for you so that you could be here this morning. Oh, yes, friend. There was a statement there was a surprise. And when all that was over, when he realized the Lord knew about him all along, you know what he said? He said, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. You know what he said? Mm, what about this? Jesus told him, said, I know you. But then in the latter part of verse 49, Philip said, I know you. Ain't that right? Jesus said, Behold, it is light in whom there's no guile. But in the latter part of verse 49, Philip said, I know you too now. You're the Son of God and the King of Israel. Can I tell you something this morning? Listen to me, listen to me well. You might have walked in this morning not knowing him and him knowing you. But you leave this morning him knowing you and you knowing him. Ain't that right? Oh, it took much persuasion. But the Lord finally showed him who he was. And from that moment on, the Bible said, Nathaniel, 
followed the Lord. Now watch this. Watch verse 50. And I'm done. Verse 50, the Bible said this. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Listen to me. Say, preacher, what happened if I was put my faith and my trust in the Lord this morning? Well, it'd be, it'd be an amazing thing to see the Lord persuade you of who he is this morning. I remember John, I can't even begin to put it in the words the night I got saved, how that the Lord showed me who I was, showed me who he was, showed me how much he loved me. And then I'll never forget leaving. I've heard people say the, the, the clouds were whiter and the sky was bluer and the grass was greener. I don't know about all that. It was just dark when I went outside. I don't know. It was just dark. But I do know this. I remember what hit me as a seven-year-old boy. When I walked out that night, I remember thinking, I'm his. Ain't that right? I'm his. It's what I, as big as he is. Now, I'm telling you like a seven-year-old boy. I thought as big as he is, Ronald, and I'm his. Yeah. Is that right? And Wayne, I thought in my mind, it'd never get no better than that. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I'd heard people all my life testify and talk about how they wish they could get back to how they was when they first got saved. Is that right? Yeah. I, I'd heard people all my life say, I wish I could go back and, and feel what I felt when I first got saved. Well, you can look at me like I'm crazy if you want to. I don't care a thing in the world about going back to like it was when I first got saved. Friend, it's been almost 20 years, and it gets sweeter and sweeter by the day. Oh, I was talking to that little boy Friday last night, and I, he looked at me and he said, I've never preached outside of my home church. And he said, do you really preach an iron and a half away? And I could see it in his eyes, Corey. He thought he'd done hit the big time. I mean, I, I meant honest, I could. John, I remember, I remember I hadn't been preaching too long. Me and my wife was dating at the time. We, I drove up to the other side of Wilkesboro. It's 45 minutes from my house to the church. And I'll be honest, she'll tell you, I'm telling the truth. I looked there and I said, bless God, 45 minutes. I've hit the big time. I, I, how did this happen? I, I mean, I thought I'd done made it, friend. I, oh, but it gets sweeter and sweeter by the day. I mean, Kirk, I thought it couldn't get no better. And I sit down the other day and thought about all the states the Lord's let me preach in and uh, all the places he's let me go. Uh, uh, oh, friend, the miles up and down the road. Uh, it gets better and better as the days go on. Uh, oh, I've known more about him in the last few years than I feel like I have my whole life. Uh, it's better and better. Can I tell you something? You say, preacher, what happened if I give my heart to him this morning? Uh, it'd be wonderful and we'd shout and we'd rejoice. But friend, let me tell you, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, the best is yet to come. Uh, uh, there's a whole new life to live. Uh, uh, there's none telling what God will do in your life. Uh, uh, there's none telling what he'd let you do. Uh, uh, there's none telling what he'd do with you this morning. Jesus said, you're amazed because I saw you underneath a fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. Is that right? Is that right? Oh, yes, friend. Can I tell you this morning, you ain't seen nothing yet. You say, preacher, the world's bad. Things are going bad. Oh, but the Lord's still good. Is that right? Oh, yes, friend. You ain't seen nothing yet. You say, preacher, what if nothing ever gets better? You say, by the grace of God, you hadn't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. Brother Corfe never does one more thing for me. If he never gives me another breath, if he never lets my heart beat again, if this is the last message, Kirk, I ever preach, uh, if, 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 ever, if I went home today and everything I had was gone, Wendy, I'm not being ugly. I'm just being as honest as I know how to be. Uh, if I come home one day uh, and my family was gone, my home was gone, uh, and my vehicles was gone, everything was gone, uh, I mean, everything was gone out of my life, then I've still not seen anything yet. Is that right? Bible said in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 Paul said for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be mentioned with the glory which shall be revealed in us hereafter. Oh friend, old brother Brett one of a kind. That's his favorite verse. And I've, heard, I've heard him preach many a time that the glory isn't even worth comparing with the gloom. Ain't that right? Oh, it may be gloomy right now. 
Your life may be a mess. You say, preacher, are you picking on me? No, I'm not picking on nobody this morning. I'm just telling you, every one of us, these times our life is a mess. Without the Lord, well, our life can't help but being a mess. Ain't that right? Your life may be falling apart, may be in shambles. But friend, with the Lord in your heart, that gloom isn't even worthy to be mentioned to the glory that will be revealed in us. Isn't that right? In us. John, there is a glorious day coming. Friend, this morning you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think it's amazing the Lord knows you and has protected you and provided for you, just wait till you give your heart to him. Oh, friend, my soul, I'm about to get excited. I, I, it's, it's helping me if it ain't nobody else. John, I remember when I got saved, I thought it couldn't get no better than that. Then I remember the first time I got under the spout where the glory comes out. Oh, yes, friend, ain't it good? Y'all ain't like you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you ought to get under it sometime. I'm telling you, friend, I hadn't seen nothing yet. I, oh, I told them Friday night, I was preaching them young preachers, uh, and I told them about a the time I got down on the altar, and I said, Lord, I'll not get up. I'm not getting behind a pulpit again till I know something about your prayer. I hadn't seen nothing yet, John. I, I never dreamed he could do that. I, you ain't seen nothing yet this morning. You think it's amazing he loves you this morning. Wait till you see him take a bottle out of your hand and put a Bible in it. You think it's amazing he knows who you are this morning. Oh, my soul, wait till you meet that first person going through the same thing you was going through. God lets that mess you thought you made turn out to be a blessing to somebody else. this. Uh, I know he shared a little bit of it, but he told me one day about his testimony and some of the things he did. And we went not too long ago, John, and knocked on a door. And, and there was a young lady come to the young lady and a man come to the door. And I'll be honest with you, they wasn't a thing in the world I could say to them, Kirk, to tell them what they are. I mean, I, I can give them scripture, but I didn't have any experience about what they was going through. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to tell them anything about drugs. I've never took drugs. I, I didn't know nothing about that. Oh, I saw God take a, take a broken mess that Corey had made and turn it into a blessing to another person. Are you with me? Oh, yes, friend, you ain't seen nothing yet. God's got a purpose for you this morning. He's got a plan this morning. Oh, yes, friend, you, oh, my soul, you ain't seen nothing yet. Listen to me. It's bad. I can't even describe to you how good it is. I sat down with me and my wife went on our honeymoon. I sat down beside this man. I sat down on a bench up there at Tanger Outlets in Pigeon Forge. And I was sitting there, just had got married, my everything going great. And as a man came sit down beside of me, a black man, I, you could tell he didn't have much. I mean, just raggedy clothes, holes in his shirt. I, you could tell Johnny didn't have much at all. And he sat down, he looked at me, and he said, Sir, would you mind, I've never told this much of this story, but I'm going to. He said, sir, is there any way you could just buy me a bottle of water? I sure would appreciate it. And I told him, I knew Kim would be gone for a long time. And I said, sir, I'll tell you what I'd do. There was a little, little burger joint right across the, across the courtyard. And I said, sir, if you go over, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll buy you, I'll buy you a sandwich. I was getting ready to go get me something. Let me buy you a sandwich, and I, I'll, buy you, I'll, buy you, I'll buy you a drink to go with it. If you need a bottle of water, take with you. I get that for you too. We walked over. He, we walked over there, and he, he he didn't want a sandwich. He just got him some fries. You could tell John that it, it it just broke his heart. And I thought, well, I might as well talk to him a little bit. And so I, I got to ask him where he's from, and he told me. And he told me he said I, I told him I was a preacher, and we, we was talking. I asked if he'd ever been saved. And he, when I said that, I seen his eyes light up. And he said, Oh yes, preacher, I've been saved. I know the Lord. And he, said, he asked me, he said, you're a young man. How long have you been saved? That time I told him however long it was. And he said, you, he, we talked about when I got saved. And he told me, he said, preacher, I've been saved for 57 years. And he said, preacher, you may not understand this. He said, when I got saved, he said, I had a wife. I had youngins. Had a nice house. And he said, 
Everything was going. I had a good job. And he said, Preacher, over the years, my wife died. My young, one of my youngins died. Another one of my youngins died. Kirk, because of some different circumstances, he lost his house. He was homeless. And I, I sat there, John, I felt so sorry for him. And he said, but preacher, I've been saved 57 years. And he looked at me. He's missing about three of his front teeth. He looked at me and gave me a broken smile, tears running down his face. And he said, but preacher, it's sweeter and sweeter every day. Oh, you say, preacher, what are you saying? In my heart, Sharon, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that he could lose his wife, lose his youngins, lose his home, lose everything. And I asked him, I said, sir, I don't mean this ugly. And I said, but how could it be sweeter today than it was when you had your family and had your home? And he said, preacher, I've learned just to depend on him. Is that right? He said, preacher, I've just learned just to trust him. He said, I'm walking closer with him right now than I ever have. And he looked at he looked at me and he said, I was young, preacher John, I mean, just, just naive, ignorant. He looked at me and he said, preacher, how many people you reckon's in this mall? And I looked around and I said, I'd say there had to be thousands. And he said, isn't it something the Lord let me sit down beside you? Let me sit down beside a preacher and ask him for a bottle of water. And he said, no one, I was hungry. No one, I needed something. No one, I needed this, needed that. He said, isn't it amazing the Lord knew you'd do it? And he let me write to you. Oh, friend, you say, preacher, my life, I'm not telling you this morning your life's going to be perfect. I'm not telling you there'll never be no struggles and there'll be no trials. But I am telling you this, you ain't seen nothing yet. Can I tell you something? Now listen to me. You may not understand this, but that man was living a life, Kirk, that I've never lived. He had a dependence and a relationship with the Lord, Kirk, that I've never had. You know what he said? He said, he's enough. That's right this morning. He said, he is enough. Didn't have a home. Didn't have a wife. Didn't have youngins anymore. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a vehicle. Didn't have a place to lay his head. But that's the last thing he told me. He said, preacher, he's enough. Puts a whole new spin to that song they sing, he's all I need, doesn't it? That's what he said. He said, preacher, he's enough. Can I tell you something this morning? If nothing else in your life gets better, he's enough. You ain't seen nothing yet this morning. He can take your hurt and take your sorrow and he can give you joy, give you peace. You ain't seen nothing yet. But you'll never see it till you're willing this morning to put your faith, put your trust in the Lord. Let's stand to our feet.